0: You're listening to No Like, and Trust by Stampede Digital Systems. As a pioneer of the Know, Like, and Trust movement, Stampede guides listeners through the marketing process with real-life examples of successful individuals. Today's show highlights a business owner who offers a valuable service, making a powerful impact on the world. With your host, Troy Campbell.
1: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Stampede Digital Systems Know, Like, and Trust podcast. It's a podcast really geared for small business owners, leaders, entrepreneurs who are really trying to figure out their marketing strategy and looking for answers on what other people are doing. Um, today, we have an amazing guest that is an example to us of just what we preach, and the movement we want to get going, which is the No Like Trust. His name is David Leary. He is an innovative and influential force in the small business accounting world. He has his own podcast. He's been uh, with over 22 years of experience in QuickBooks. Um, he's helped so many businesses, accountants, developers with the technical tools and just the deep industry knowledge, strategies, and solutions that they need. He has a great business sense, vast tech technical knowledge, which is really important uh, nowadays. He was named top 100 influential people in accounting in November of 2019. Named one of the 40 under 40 honorees of the CPA practice advisor in uh, practice advisor in 2014. Uh, One to watch on the accounting today's top 100 most influential people in 2015. And the accolades go on. He's got a 20-year career at Intuit. Just an amazing guy, an evangelist of technology and using it in our companies. Please welcome
2: David Leary. Hello, David. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here today.
1: Thank you. Before Before I want to know your story, can you just uh, shout out your uh, What's the name of your podcast?
2: Uh, the podcast is called the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Super.
1: And 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 that's really about a lot about the the news of what's going on in uh, accounting world or QuickBooks.
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of focused uh, on accounting technologies, a little a sways in there. But we get into a little bit of remote work. We get into some robotic automation because there's a lot of change happening in the accounting industry. Yeah. Um, you know, the transition from desktop software to cloud, some part of it. But then in just in general, I mean, accounting firms, obviously, with the pandemic, have to work at home now. Right. And but this this was a trend that has been this train was coming already. Yes, remote working and things like that. So we talk about like it's all these technologies that, that affect somebody who's running an accounting or bookkeeping practice.
1: Yep. Well, well, thank you for for that because we want our listeners to tune in. Um, if that's uh, right where they're at because it's got such great content on it and and helpful features. Um. So tell us about your story, David. Um. How did you get going? What? Why? You know. Uh. You know. Why not? You know. Why? Why this instead of maybe? You know. A circus performer. What? What's got you moving in this direction?
2: Um, I don't know. I, I think I was a motivated high school student, and I remember. Um, but I was like always like in the class above, and I remember my um, junior year of high school. I, I was in a math class or geometry class or something with on all on the seniors graduated, so I was in there for like a week by myself. And I remember the teacher saying, "Check this thing out on the computer. It's Excel." Right? And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." You know, two three years couple years later i'm at college you take accounting 101 i'm like i kind of like this like i kind of get this but at the same time i've always been into computers you know building my own computers you know back in the windows windows 3.1 days i don't age myself too much here but yeah so i've always been really into computers and then um i wound up working retail selling software retail at the mall you know for years and that company went um it's always there's always somebody else who puts the other company out of business, right? Like that company was kind of put out of business by Best Buy, and in the same way, Best Buy's getting hurt by Amazon. There's always a new player, right? And I basically they went bankrupt, and I found myself at Intuit, and I started doing tech support for QuickBooks DOS, and spent almost 20 years there. So I went through that transition from DOS computers to Windows computers to CD-ROMs. To the internet, to QuickBooks Online, and I probably and I've done all roles there except for like commission sales. So I did tech support, I did quality assurance, I did training, product management, marketing. Um, I built a pro an add-on for QuickBooks while I was there. Um, got into customer advocate, and then like really the last six years, I got into developer relations, and really what what that was it. So just like uh, your at your Apple phone, right? Apple has an, an app store. Your Android phone has an app store. Or Salesforce has an apps you can get for Salesforce. QuickBooks has an app store, right. and I basically really spent the last six years of my career into it building that from our first three apps we brought on to 700x 750 you know, when I left, um, that were all add-ons to QuickBooks. So if anybody of our listeners, if your listeners are QuickBooks users, they've probably heard of apps like the T-Sheets, AutoEntry, HubDocs, all those apps like that. I've helped all those apps launch their QuickBooks integrations and really got them in front of small business owners and accountants.
1: So you really cut your teeth on getting down and dirty and understanding how this system works.
2: Yeah, I, I, and I, I still advocate for that now. Um, I think I still on a daily basis utilize the in-the-weed skills I got when I was taking phone calls 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Like speaking to 5,000 small business owners on the phone sets you up for an interesting kind of success, right? And then I kind of repeated the same thing with accountants, and yeah. then third-party app developers. So I, I probably spoke to, or looked, or played with, or touched 2,500 small business asset apps that add on to QuickBooks in the last you know five, six, seven, eight years.
1: Wow. And, um, and and so so now you've got this thorough understanding. You go, you know what? This is valuable. I can take this and build a business
2: about it. How did that happen? So. You know, being at one company for over half your life, you start to step back. And I, I think in a big, huge companies, you either go down like a management path, like, oh, you're going to be the VP. I was never going to go down that path. So I never really went down the management path. And I also never got the technical chops to be some distinguished engineer. Right? <laughs> I wrote enough code to know like this is not, I, you know, you don't want me writing your code. But so eventually there's kind of ran out of roads. And the universe was just telling me like, hey, there's a lot of roads out there. And I took a whole lot of courage, but I left into it wow. and started my own company. And that was, uh, and also joined one of the apps. So I joined an app called Auto Entry at the time and, you know, spent 11 months with them and they got acquired by Sage. And then uh, since I've left and now I've joined a new startup called Melio. And so that's where I'm at currently now. But starting my own business was just eye-opening. So if I think back in my career to it, everything was in theory. Right. right. You're doing tech support; it's all fake numbers. You're typing in to help a customer. Um, you're seeing people's data, but you're not really. It's all. It's just numbers. And then you know, doing quality assurance or product development. Even when I was helping third-party apps, I'm just moving a bunch of fake data around. When I had my own company, it was different. It was my real data. So I remember the very first day, I uh, very first transaction got my bank account set it up in QuickBooks, connected auto entry. Uh, I had to buy something. I got the receipt, right? I took a photo of the receipt with the app. The app took the data. It um, recognized it all, took the data, shoved it through the cloud into QuickBooks. And then the bank feed after the charge came down from the bank, and I might be going a little nerdy and technical on this, and it all matched up, and I'm jumping up and down my kitchen. And are we allowed to swear on this? this- what
1: well, I mean, I, I cuss from time to time, so.
2: Okay. I, don't, and I, I But I literally was jumping in my kitchen for my wife, and I was like, this shit really works. Like it, was, it was amazing because I've been talking about the theory of all this working right, for 15 years. And to see it all really work, it was, it was just awesome to really see that. But the other thing I really went through the mind shift of having my own business is my tolerance level for things that don't work is gone. It's absolutely gone. Like if your app messes up my QuickBooks data, it doesn't send data over correctly. I mean, I, I've consciously chose bank accounts, right? Or business credit cards that actually work best with QuickBooks. So, like my tolerance to crappy apps is just completely gone. I have zero tolerance now, which I probably had more tolerance when I was just you know, helping people and playing with big right. data.
1: No, uh, we, um, that's why uh, here at Stampede. That's what we say: people who are are intolerant of marketing tactics that don't work, call us up because we hate wasting time and money. We hate our clients wasting time and money on on things that don't work, and there's a ton of them out there.
2: There's more. There's more bad than good. I, I've discovered it's like a sixty to one ratio. <laughs> yep,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so yeah, that is suddenly the numbers become real. You know, like in uh, the Matrix uh, movie where uh, you what know, Morpheus says to Neo, "There's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path." and you know once you're walking the path you're experiencing all of it and it's it's imme- immensely real and emotional
2: yeah and, and it, it's it was better for me right yeah. like it just gave me a different kind of understanding now i still to a fault like i probably should like most small business owners just have a bookkeeper or, or an accountant just give them and have them do my bookkeeping i still do it myself because i i want that that experience in that i want to walk the path i want to use the apps and add things on so it's not efficient. It's not a good use of time when it comes to like, oh, I have to do my books, but the learning I get is completely offsets that. But I think most small business owners listen to your show, don't do your books. Go have an account or bookkeeper do them for you. Like it's not a good use of your time unless you wanna unless you wanna be in the weeds, but it's not a good use of your time.
1: Right. Yeah, I I would concur. Um so so what was when you now all of a sudden you're in your own business and you're you've got that experience, did you have some other Big aha's or um, ouches?
2: Um, not not so much. Um, like doing my own business, but during my career, I have had a couple of aha moments. Um, one was pretty major. Uh, so this is about I was a good solid ten years in it, into it, and I went back and listened to phone calls in the call center. Right. So so, you know, it took first five years of my career. You know, I went on and did other stuff into it. So five years after that, so 10 years, you know, go by. I'm going back to, and I just sat down to listen to phone calls with another payroll rep. And I, every call, but one of them were the same calls I took a decade ago. And I went back to my manager and I just said, everything we're doing was wrong It was almost like a George Costanza moment. You know, when George was like, I'm the anti-George. Right. And I, and I just decided from that day forward, I was going to do everything differently. And I just, the next product I built, I made the engineers do tech support. I didn't, you're right. I, I just built things differently. And in hindsight, now I look at and it, and uh, there's that book out there, The Lean Startup. I was basically doing lean startup tech techniques before the book was written, but it was, the, the, it was really an epiphany of, oh my God, everything we're doing wrong. So that must mean everything else is right. And it's totally George Costanza. I love
1: it. it that is so, so cool.
2: Um,
1: figuring out the having those aha moments and seeing. How these things actually occur in the real world, because it's so, so much is theory and and, and so much is distorted. You know, and there is there are users of the system, and sometimes yeah,
2: eat your own dog food. You have to, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: uh, don't see eye to eye, and that's a bad thing.
2: And I think that's a, a I think small business owners get into either they're too far into the weeds, mm-hmm. or they're so far separated they forgot what it was like to run their business right keeping that balance
1: so 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 now you have this business and and you're, and you're having these experiences how are you growing it what are some of the tactics i know uh, uh, you can talk about the podcast i'd like to hear your experiences on that um, but what you know what are some of the things that you've been able to you've seen that's working for for I'm growing I mean,
2: I can definitely talk about the podcast because, in in a way, the podcast has kind of become the business. <laughs> like You know, that sometimes happens, right? You have these plans of like, oh, I'm gonna have like this company, and we're gonna do this consulting, and we're gonna do this, and and if anybody's done the consulting game, like that's sometimes hard. You get a lot of tire kickers, right? And and the podcast was kind of a small piece of it, and the podcast has now kind of become the company, like it's its own thing. It's part of it and, and the stuff I was going to do as the company is kind of really scaled back and arguably is on pause because now I've taken a, a, a job with, a, with an app right instead of doing a consulting type gig. But I, I think for the podcast, like we've you know we've learned a lot as we've gone along with that and' really built success for it to become the number one accounting and bookkeeping podcast in the world. And a lot of it, you know some of it is just like we talked about before about doing the weeds and being in the, the work, right taking the phone calls, right? we do an episode every single week. We don't skip. You you have to you have to push through the the non-glamorous times, I think. Um we probably were 40 episodes in before we had a lot of traction in most podcasts, episode 8 and they just quit because at episode 8 your mom and you downloading on four devices to make sure it works. It's like your total downloads. You have eight downloaders, you know, we get. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um I, I I think I've seen that, and one of the things that I like when people start figuring out their marketing strategy, and they and they pick some channels, and they sort of gravitate into their favorite channels. You know, I mean, they, sh- they should at least. Um, and whether that's podcasting or you know white papers or press releases or you know really finding really doing great on Facebook or LinkedIn, you know whatever those channels are, and suddenly with that success, they start getting better and better and better. And it's just a really beautiful thing to see that flow of business now coming from um, developing that channel effectively.
2: And, and then I think for us, marketing-wise, like, I don't feel like there's one magic wand we found. Uh, we, we, and every time we think it's going to be, it never is, right? So we, we've gone to accounting conferences and we rent a booth and we sit in the booth and we record episodes live there. And that's good because you get a lot of people who are walking by. So for some people that, podcast on accounting that's crazy right and but they get print stickers and i make shirts and we really promote the podcast like in those ways and we are at quickbooks connect which is arguably the biggest of all the in our industry and you think like oh there's five thousand people here we're gonna get like a thousand new listeners and and you don't really get that many you get a little you get the bump right a little bump and then we were doing some facebook and twitter ads right we're doing that each week we're put a little bit into that um social media post you know we do a little um, you know instagram we we so we are marketing the podcast but it's not one thing that just works i feel like it's it's little touch points in different spots and it just builds right and people uh discovered on their own we we're trying to be smart about search engine optimization uh not so much for apple podcasts but um spotify spotify they kind of serve up episodes individually we've discovered so we make sure we have in our episode titles, words like accounting and QuickBooks, and even though we don't own the word accounting on Google, we do own the word accounting on Spotify.
1: Ah, that is good insight. Man. That's that, yeah. And and so it and and so you know, no one answer. Yep. Consistent, and and just develop that. And, um. Uh, the other thing I liked was, hang in there during the unglamorous part of it.
2: Yeah, I think that's like a huge business lesson. If people, um, we're at QuickBooks at a conference down in uh, Sydney, Australia and the founder, maybe some of your users have seen Canva or heard of Canva. Right? And I love the founder of Canva because she, there, there's a reason why now she's worth $3 billion or whatever she's worth, right? Because she put in the work and she she actually really embraced the journey of the work. Right, it was never about a fast exit. It was never about turning over the company. And she went and she talked to founder after founder, or, um, investor after investor after investor. But it's a really good story of how she enjoys working at her company, and putting in the work, and's okay with the grind. Right? And and that's why Canva is what it is. Um, if it was somebody who else who basically took the Canva idea and was just looking for an exit, it probably would not have grown to the size of Canva. But it's because she just embraces the work.
1: Be okay with the grind. It's part of the journey.
2: Yep.
1: there is There, there absolutely is a beautiful, um, a beautiful, there's beauty and wonder and fun to be, be found on the journey. Even if you're not there yet and it's driving you crazy, maybe have it drive you a little less crazy and have some fun while it stinks.
2: <laughs> but, you, but there's always learning to be had.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and so then when you arrive, here's my experience, and I've talked to others. When you arrive, you realize that that arrival point isn't actually as fun as the journey. Now you got to go do something else and learn some more.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm not even sure the arrival, I, I kind of, I, I joke about this in the grand scheme of things, we don't exist. We're the number one accounting bookkeeping podcast, but there's one and a half million accountants and bookkeepers in North America. and 2,000 listen to us every week. Like, we don't even exist.
1: Right. Yeah. So fun. So fun. Oh, I love that too. That's, you know what? I think there's actually business happiness, not just personal happiness, but the business happiness and being humble and saying, look, you know, I mean, I I don't know. I just, I've, I've like studied like market share, you know, what's the market share of Dove soap, Right. And you, go, and you open up because everyone knows Dove Soap. And then you go, wait, it's like 1%? And they're like the biggest, you know, they're one of the, the big successful. And you go, oh, okay. So I was thinking my business, I was going to take over the planet and be, you know, emperor of whatever. And it turns out I can be really successful with 1% market share or 2,000 listeners or it, anyway. Just it's kind of humbling and it's kind of exciting at the same time.
2: Well, I think it's it's what what's nice about this is if you can figure out your niche, right? You can have a small audience. You can figure out how to monetize, you can figure it, it's easier to market to them. I mean, I've talked about this a lot just for accountants and bookkeepers, mm-hmm. right? Because it's it's very it's a it's a challenge if you're an accountant or bookkeeper to be an expert on a bicycle shop and a restaurant and a dentist office and a law firm. Right. But then a brewery, but if you're an accountant who only does dental offices or breweries, you can get very, very good at that. And then on top of that, all the other noise, if there's, you know, if there's 3,000 apps that tie the QuickBooks, you only have to learn the five or six breweries need. Right. right? You have to keep track of all these things. So, so it kind of simplifies things to help you become an expert, you know, if you go niche.
1: And going niche means that you get to work with the ones that you like the most, go to the niche that you have fun in. Yeah uh, that one of the parts of the secrets behind the the no like trust um sort of motto is the no part is not only do you want your customers and clients to to get to know you and know you exist but you get to know them and what they want and need and that's part of the no in my opinion and so that that niching that figuring out what are their challenges what are they what are they facing and then marketing to them because you've got the answers. I think that's part of that. No, and you know what? They like you because you get to know them. And they really trust you because you know them.
2: So it's like, and a, I, I think that just as you're saying that, I'm thinking about you know my career as a uh, evangelist, right? And a lot of evangelism is storytelling, right? And you talk to people and you're getting their story, and because you got that person's story, and you talk to the next person. You're kind of giving another version of that story back. But it just builds that, like you're building up your knowledge, but because you have that knowledge and you've spoken to so many people, it's give, they're starting to trust you, but you're also building that friendship relationship. And you, it just, it's interesting, you know, the, how that works, right? It, like, like evangelism on the surface seems like you're just going to go out and it's a one way conversation mm-hmm. in the world. But really it's, it's me learning a little bit from this person and resharing that to the next person. And then i gain something from that person. And, and it's not a one way conversation at all. You feel like it would be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um and so um so if you like just on kind of insights from from this journey that you've been on and, and building all of this and just be being this kind of amazing guy just from my perspective, what insights would you share with us business owners and entrepreneurs out there who are growing our business and trying to figure out, you know, how to grow and
2: thrive? I mean I, I think the number one thing you probably should do is get an account or bookkeeper. And even Intuit has statistics like this. Um, businesses are 80%, 90% more successful. Um, the rates of going out of business after that, 5 you know, that magic five-year mark of how many small businesses go under, like or small businesses that partner up with an accountant or bookkeeper exceed that. And Intuit has lots of data to, uh, to prove this out after you know 20 years of data like this. And so get yourself an account or bookkeeper that's gonna and, and accountant bookkeepers nowadays are a little bit different. It's not, oh, they're just doing your books, running your checks, and you're signing at the end of the week. In many cases, they're gonna be your your tech guru. They they're going to be able to tell you what apps to use. They're gonna help you build and design your systems, help you uh be efficient in running your business. They may you're not probably going to see ones that are going to be able to help you market your business, right. but all the other pipes you need to connect in to move data around your business, the money planning, like you'd have, you really need a partner with somebody that understands business and understands systems. So that way they can help you design your business. So you can actually just work on your business instead of kind of being caught in the weeds of your business. Right.
1: Um, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask is, could you explain, because I just love this word, the you kind of call yourself a global small business ecosystem evangelist. What does that mean?
2: What does that mean? So I, I've changed it a little bit now. Now my new role at Melio is uh, I'm, a, I'm the accounting and bookkeeping at the director of accounting and bookkeeping evangelism. So I kind of take a step back because I was the global ecosystem one into it, and I talked about evangelism a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right, And we will talk about what the ecosystem is. So if you think about, you know, you draw a Venn diagram with three circles. So in one circle, you have small business customers. right? And then in another circle, you have accountants and bookkeepers. And in another circle, you have third-party app developers. And none of them can have success without the other ones. So accountants need those tools developers are making, right, for their clients. And small business owners need third-party apps. And they also need accountants, right? And the third-party app developers a lot of times can't successfully get to the small business owners without using the accountants as, the, as a kind of a channel, right? And so you, all three of those circles are really dependent on each other. So that's the ecosystem. But if you take them and you overlap them, I might be one of the few people in the entire world that's done all three. Beautiful. You'll, you, you'll talk to some people that have done one or the other and, you know. In two two of the three boxes, but or the circles, and I I I'm the only person that's really gotten deep into all three. Like when to say deep, like thousands of connections, thousands of meetings, thousands of, of phone calls, you know, et cetera. Now, when I talk about my current role uh, at Melio, I also look at evangelism as an internal and external, right? So a lot of times people treat it as a very external megaphone type marketing yelling thing. But really, for like a company like Melio, who does uh, small business uh, payments, so it's like, it's like Venmo for small business, right? If for them to really get successful with accountants, they have to build the correct product for accountants. And really, for the way to do that is I have to evangelize internally what the accountant's needs are, why accountants are important, right? How, you know, what, how they think about something. And a good example of this is a bill. Most of your listeners you get a, your a small business owner, you get a bill, you ignore a bill. Maybe you pay part of it. Maybe you pay it. That's it. But an accountant, when they look at a bill, they they have 20 other processes they, that goes through their head. Is, it, is the bill not fraudulent? Uh, how should we pay this bill? When should we pay this bill? Um, when we paid it, did the right amount clear the bank account so we can reconcile it? You know, How does this affect the profit and loss? How does it eventually affect taxes? It's just, it's just a complete different mindset from a small business owner. And so a lot of times evangelism is me, you know, In order to get accountants the things they need, I have to evangelize things internally. Yeah, you
1: know what? That to me, um, David, to me, that's what good marketing is. It's that evangelism. It's about connecting. You know, Um, uh, uh, to me, a good marketing would be: I have a service or a product, and if someone avails themselves of that service or product, one there's a connection, and there and there's that builds them up. It helps their life be happier. It, it it provides a tool that they need, a resource that, you know, in some way there's this healthy, happy connection. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. You're taking those three pieces in the Venn diagram and you're bringing people together so that there's that connection and communication across the board.
2: Yeah, because I think if, if you step back where, you know, Developers need accountants to be successful, right? So a lot of times I'm educating accountants on, hey, here's an app that could your clients could possibly use, right? And but really it's motivated by a much bigger, it's stepping out of the picture for a moment, right? If if an app can save a small business owner two hours a week, and you start doing the math on that, well, there's like four million small businesses that use QuickBooks, and you start, you're like, wow, it's a big impact, right? If you can, if you can get these ripples to happen. And so it's, it's, so it's rewarding in this like psychic pay type way. Yeah. It,
1: that's yeah, exactly. There's, that's my point is that, I don't know, it's, it, there's just more to money. It's more than just money. There's this, there's this psychic, emotional, spiritual, you know, mental, whatever. That's just, it's all part of it that I like. Um, and I, and I really see how that, where you're focusing on that how that brings such value to your clients. Um, I wanted to ask you about Melio. Um, yeah. So does it, is it um, a competitor to competitor to competitor to, for example, a merchant account?
2: Um, not really, because a lot of times merchant accounts is going to be really uh, consumer. Right. Business to consumer. So you have an ice cream shop, people coming in buying ice cream cones, they're, they're charging the, their credit card or debit card. So it's not so much a competitor to that. It's really a competitor to the paper checks and bank websites right? So if you're a small business owner and you're paying other businesses, yeah. right? You, um, right now, your option is to handwrite checks, put them in the mail, which the vast majority of people still do in this country. Mm. Or you go to the bank website and futz around in there and then do your payments through there. But that doesn't connect anything. So then now, now that you typed all their name and address in and you put the payment on the bank website, now you've got to go into your QuickBooks and type it again. It just doesn't make sense. Mm. And so Melio really is easy, super easy. When I say super easy, it's the founders actually were at PayPal and PayPal bought Venmo. So they came from that space. It's like, why can't small businesses have something as easy to use as Venmo? And so it's that easy to use. And you use Melio to pay your bills. No more going to the bank website. And then that seamlessly syncs right to QuickBooks and the payments are just there. Amazing.
1: I love it. Well, um, you know, David, during this episode, we have got to know you and like you, dare I say, love you and trust oh, you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's such an honor. And I am, I, I just, I'm thrilled with the opportunity to talk to you. How do we get a hold of you? You know, what kind of questions are are you finding, you know, if, if our listeners are saying, I have, I, you know, th- that they would say,
2: I need to call David. What kind of questions would we be asking ourselves? And then how do we get a hold of you? Yeah. So one that question I don't, you can't ask me is people always want like, what is the top 10 of, list of apps or something like that mm-hmm. and it's in my answer to that is always uh especially for and bookkeepers it's like there's only a top 10 of list of apps for that client of yours and then you have a different client and you kind of have to have a different list for that client because they're all unique you can't just have this magic list that you just like a hammer and just hit every customer with the same hammer everybody has to be nurtured different so don't ask me like what's the best app for this but um feel free. I mean, if you're looking to connect with an accountant or you have a question um, about an app, right? Or I can't really give accounting advice. Like, I just don't have the bandwidth for that. But like high level stuff, like, hey, I'm thinking about this, these apps, or is there any apps that solve this problem? Like, That's probably the best question. It's like, hey, is there a set of things that solve X problem? I probably can put you on a train track of like, go look at these three apps, right? No, by the way, here's an accountant. I know that's kind of an expert in these two of them. And you could talk that through. That would probably be the best thing to do, to ask me. Um, pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, I'm David Leary everywhere. So you can best way is probably Twitter. Um, LinkedIn's okay if you're on LinkedIn. Make sure you say, like, "Hey, I heard you on X podcast because LinkedIn just has a lot of bots. But Twitter's usually the easiest and the best way to get a hold of me there. Um, you can always listen to the podcast. It's cloudaccountingpodcast.com. Um, easily go there. If you're interested in Melio, it's meliopayments.com. And you can uh, try out Melio definitely uh, tell them in the chat when you're there David sent me I heard him on a podcast that's always nice so they you know mm-hmm. but yeah Twitter's the easiest way Ive hard okay. to get hold of me
1: well thanks David it's been an honor
0: right. thanks for having me you have been listening to no like trust by Stampede Digital Systems a part of the Stampede podcast Network the questions from today's interview have been adapted and simplified from the powerful marketing tool the sales site blueprint to learn more and get the full set of questions to start your business on the no like trust path download your free sales site blueprint today from stampedeweb.com that's stampedeweb.com until next time this is be rich signing out